The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. I want to talk to you about increasing your faith today. Are you ready for that? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? You know, I woke up this morning full of faith. Did anybody else wake up full of faith? See, see, I wake up this morning and I jumped out of bed and I'm on the first floor. Anne and I have, live in a two-story house and our bedroom's on the first floor. And do you know what? I was 100% confident that I wouldn't fall through the floor this morning. How awesome is that? I had faith that the floor would hold me. Then I went into the bathroom, I switched on, I flick a switch, and the lights came on. I had 100% faith that if I touched that switch, the lights had come on. Then I popped into the shower, turned on the hot water, and I had 100% faith that the hot water would come and I'd be able to have a nice hot shower. Then I got into my car, pressed the start button and the car started and it brought me and I had 100% faith that my little car would bring me to church how many of you know that you too woke up this morning full of faith those same things happened the other thing that was my confidence this morning was that there would be a nice bag of coffee that I could freshly grind and have my coffee to get me going through the day. That was a wonderful thing to know that the coffee machine was working, that the buttons would press, and it all worked together. See, we wake up every single day full of faith in the natural. But how about in the supernatural? How do we go with our faith in God? So here's the big question for you this morning. What's your faith like in God? Because when you read the New Testament, this is what you find, that Jesus actually gave people an assessment on their faith. It was like he would score their faith. You say, are you kidding me? Hey, Matthew chapter 8, verse 10. Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. This is the Roman centurion. Jesus put a big 10 for his faith. Great faith. Mate, this is the highest score in all of Israel. This guy, and he's not even a Jew. He's Italian. Glory to God for the Italians that <laughs> always got great faith. Matthew eight twenty six. Why are you so fearful? Are you of little faith? This is to the disciples. Uh, and and uh, in Matthew nine twenty nine, according to your faith, let it be done to you. Mark four forty. Here it is. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Bum, bum. And guess who that was to his disciples. No faith. And then in Luke seventeen five, this is what the disciples said: Lord, would you increase our faith? And this morning, what I want to do is help you increase your faith. How many of you think it's a good thing for you to have your faith increased? So let me give you a definition of faith. Very simple. Faith is complete trust and confidence in God. Just bottom line, uncomplicated. I mean, you know, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, has got a more complicated version of faith. But this is the John Giuliano 
uncomplicated definition of faith, complete trust and confidence in God. So let's talk about four levels of faith and see how you go. Let's start with the the lowest level of faith. Matter of fact, I call this not enough faith. So it's, it's just... It's, there's, there's some faith there, but it's not quite enough. It's not the no faith. Okay, the no faith, well, you can't call that a level of faith because there isn't any faith. But this is not enough faith, and, and this is defined in James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8. So in James chapter 1, verses 6 to 8, there's a scripture that says, let him ask in faith, and, and this is regarding wisdom, uh, and and you can put anything that you like in that, anything that you're praying for. What are you praying for? Because the the context of James chapter 1 is praying for wisdom, but you might be praying for healing, you might be praying for deliverance, you might be praying for, for breakthrough, whatever you want to be praying for, just you can put that in. When you pray, you've got to ask in faith with no doubting. So if you don't have enough faith, what happens is that you put doubt into the not enough faith. And this is what the Bible says. When you put doubt, the person who wavers is the doubter. That when you put waif in it, it says, he that doubts is like a wave of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Let not that person suppose they will receive anything from the Lord. So what, what the Bible says is that there's a line. There's a faith line. And if you sort of go above and then below that line, as soon as you dip below the line, you actually press delete on your prayers. And it's just there's not enough faith to get you over the line. And so you've got to be careful that you don't get into that not enough faith. Not enough faith. And so, and, and what is that? It's, it's a trust factor. It's just a believing God factor. Beyond just believing, but the confidence to be able to step out. I love the story of um, this, uh, this man called Charles Blondin. Have, how many of you heard of Charles Blondin? Charles Blondin was the greatest tightrope walker that ever lived. And um, this guy was unbelievable. And, um, and so what he ended up doing was that he actually tied a tightrope across Niagara Falls. And so he, he just wanted to do the, the, the greatest event that's ever been done. And so he strung a rope across Niagara Falls and decided that he would walk across it. Well, well you know, when he advertised it, and this was June 1859, a hundred years before I was born, people came from all over the place. Thousands and thousands of people gathered on the Canadian side, on the American side, to see this guy fall to his death. And most people actually felt that he was going to fall, because there was, how many of you know, there was no safety net, nothing at all, just tightrope. And so, and so he, he um, gathers and he builds it all up and then, and then he walks across the tightrope and makes it across the falls and everybody cheers. But then, then he does just crazy things. I mean, he did it so easy. He decided, you know what I'll do? I'll get a wheelbarrow and I'll push a wheelbarrow across the falls. How many of you think that's, that's taking it to another level? So he pushed a wheelbarrow across, and everybody's cheering. They, they're waiting for him to fall over. Then he gets a sack of potatoes, 
and he puts a sack of potatoes into the wheelbarrow and he pushes the wheelbarrow across the falls and everybody's clapping and cheering and then he calls out to the crowd and he says who believes that I could put a person in the wheelbarrow and push it uh, you, you, just don't get ahead of me here okay? some of you I can see you getting ahead of me and so everybody says yeah we believe we believe that you could put a person in the wheelbarrow and push them across the falls. Yeah, we believe. Everybody's cheering. And he says, can I have a volunteer? <laughs> Not one person volunteered. See, it's easy to believe. But then to get from belief to trust is another thing. It's when you start to put everything on the line. Because that's what faith is. Faith is more than just belief. Faith is trust and confidence. Where you put everything on the line. And what happens with the not enough faith is that you start to doubt. And you waver. And you start to doubt that God can come through. So you start with belief and then you get to doubt and it's not enough. And the Bible says... Let not that person think that they're going to get their prayers answered. So let's move from there to, to the next level of faith. You ready for the next level of faith? The Bible calls this little faith. Now, little faith is faith. And you don't need a lot of faith to make things happen. Matter of fact, the Bible says even faith the size of a mustard seed can make things happen. How many of you know that? Have you ever seen a mustard seed? Do you know what I've done? I've actually, I've actually got a mustard seed in my Bible, I put this in my Bible maybe yeah, 10 years ago, and it's, it's that little thing there. Can you see it? Can you get a close-up on the camera? Because I don't know if you can get a close-up. It's right there in the corner. I don't know if you can just... But it's not... How many of you can see it? It's not that big. You can see it right there. There it is. Oh, anyway. It, it's not that big. Seriously. It's about... If I look at it, it's about the size of a pinhead. It's not that big. Oh. Doesn't matter. There you go. It's, is this my best side? No, no. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, so a little faith. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verses 27 to 30, he says, which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his height, to his stature? Then it moves on and it talks about how, so why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field. And, uh, and then it talks about why, why do you worry? And in, in Matthew 6, verse 30, it says, Now if God clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? And so whereas doubting puts you into the category of not enough faith. Worry actually puts you into the category of little faith. The person who worries is the person who focuses on the circumstances around them. And so when, when you look at the disciples and how often Jesus actually confronted them with their little faith, it's because their focus was in the wrong direction. So one of the illustrations here in Matthew chapter 6 is the focus is on I need finances, I need clothing, I need this, I need that, 
rather than the focus being on God, our focus is yet on our needs. And, and the same with the disciples. When Jesus actually rebuked them for having little faith, their focus was on the storm, their focus was on the wind, their focus was on the waves, rather than their focus being on Jesus. And can I just say to you that what worry is, is having the focus on the wrong thing. And if you are worried about anything today, it's, yeah, of course you believe God. You're here today because you're a God lover. That's one of the reasons you're here. I'm talking to people that, that are in church because they love God and they want to hear about God. They want to grow in God. But worry can come into your life as well. And worry is where you're focused in on your circumstance. And, and, and I really believe too many Christians actually live on this level and they actually stay on this level. You know, when I was a kid growing up, we used to always hear about the miracles and we believed in miracles. But most, most of the people that I was around really would, would pray whiny, whingy prayers to God. And so you can tell someone by the way they pray, their faith levels, you know, and it was like, oh God, please have mercy on me. I'm just a poor little person that, that needs your help. And, and Lord, you are so great and I'm so small and you're so awesome and I'm so terrible. And, and it's a whingy, whiny prayer. And it's, it's a reflection of how you see yourself and how you see your circumstances. And it's sort of, and, and it gets you to a point where you're only just surviving. And, and I want to say to you that God hasn't saved you just in order for you to survive. He saved you to be an overcomer, not just a survivor. And, and, and so the way that you view God and the way that you view your circumstances is, is a reflection of your faith level. And, and so, you know, I, I've, we've got people that only survive week to week. You know, thank God that church is coming up. Two more days to church because I don't know if I could survive without, a, you know, another boost. And, and, you know, of course we're here to encourage you. Of course we're here to lift you up. But we don't want you to live in a perpetual state of near death where if you don't get the mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation on Sunday, you're going to die. And we've got spiritual defibrillators ready just in case you pass out while in church. Boom! We give you a pump. And it's like, you know, hey, you know, we're here to do that for sure. But we want you to live on a higher plane. We want you to take you, we want to take you to another increase of faith, you know. And so, and so I look around it and I see so many people and you're confronting stuff. You've come here today and you've confronted stuff. You've got marriage issues. You've got family issues. You've got financial issues. You've got health issues. You've got all sorts of issues that you're confronting. But we want you to confront them with faith that God will see you through. And so, of course, we're going to encourage you, but we want to take you to the next level. So you've got not enough faith, you've got little faith. Let's talk about good faith. That's that third level of faith, is good faith. And um, in Matthew chapter 9, 22, I, I love the story of the woman with the issue of blood. How many of you know that incredible story of this woman that was sick for 12 years, had spent all of the finances trying to get well, then she hears Jesus is in town, and, and, and she just 
She's got faith that all she's got to do is touch the hem of his garment and she'll be healed. And so, you know, she goes into the crowd, touches the hem of his garment and bang, she gets healed. And Jesus then commends her and says, wow, that is awesome faith. I love that. And says, woman, daughter, actually doesn't even call a woman, he calls a daughter. I love that. Takes it up to another level. You're my daughter. You're related. You're connected. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was made well from that out. See, for her, it wasn't just belief, it was action. So she added action to her belief. When you add action to your belief, then it takes you to another level of faith. And the action, you've got to fight. How many of you know that you've just got to fight through all of the barriers? There are barriers to actions. What will people say? What do people think? How many of you know that fear of man is a snare? And so many of us just are not willing to do so. I remember when Dr. Yongi Cho first came to Australia. He says, one of the reasons why you Aussies don't see as many miracles as we see in Korea is because you don't have the faith that we have. And then, and then you know, we're sort of sitting there pretty offended by that. And then he says, he says, your faith lacks boldness. He says, in Korea, if we see someone that's sick, he says, we, we will pray for them. He says, but you just walk past them and, you know, I, I, I'll just do a courtesy prayer for you. He says, well, you know, we'll take him at least into an alleyway where there's no one around and just rebuke whatever spirit and try to, and, and, and try to raise them up. And, and I kind of felt, you know what, we've got to add a bit more boldness to our faith. Everybody say a bit more boldness to our faith. And just, just get rid of that fear factor. Get rid of that whole fear of man and, and fear of failure and fear of what if nothing happens. Well, what if something does happen? And so this is where action has got to come into it to get your good faith. Good faith causes you to step out of your stuff. Get hold of this. Step up into a new level of obedience and step into the promises of God. So here it is. Step out, step up, and step into. Step out of your stuff. Step up into a new level of obedience and step into the promises of God. That's good faith. But I want to focus on one more, and that's great faith. So how many of you want great faith? Are you sure you want great faith? Because I'm going to tell you this morning how you can actually step into level four, which is great faith. How many of you want to hear that? Okay, I've got five more minutes, and I can do it in five minutes. So, so there's a couple of illustrations. There's the Roman centurion where Jesus commended him on having great faith. There's the Syrophoenician woman in Matthew 15, 28. Remember the Syrophoenician woman where, where she was not of the children of Israel. She was a foreigner, but her daughter was terribly oppressed by an evil spirit. And so she's petitioning Jesus, will you heal? And Jesus' first response is, look, I haven't come to the foreigners. I've only come to the house of Israel. But, but you know what? She wasn't going to be deterred. See, she was bold enough to stand up and say, and just persisted. And she just persisted and badgered God. How many of you know that God actually encourages us to badger him? You say, what? There's an illustration of a woman who just wouldn't take no for an answer. So many of us, see, this is not great faith where you give up after your first prayer. 
Matter of fact, in Luke chapter 18, Jesus actually encourages us to badger God. He gives the illustration of the persistent widow that, that demanded from the judge that he would answer her petition. And there was a badgering. And matter of fact, the whole moral of that story is because she badgered the judge, the judge finally gave up and said, lady, you've worn me down. And, 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 and then Jesus says, you know what? If he, being a bad person, can do that, how much more your Heavenly Father? You won't even have to badger him as much. And so, so great faith is not taking no for an answer. Why? Because you've got something in the Word that you're standing on. There's a promise in the Word that you're standing on. And so Jesus said, great faith, great faith. So here's the thing. How do you get great faith? You ready? Let me give you three points on how to get great faith. Number one, discover where your spiritual blessings are. You've got to discover where your spiritual blessings are. How many of you want to know where your spiritual blessings are? I'll tell you, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 3 gives the answer to that question. And it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, here it is, in the heavenly places in Christ. Everybody say the heavenly places. places. High above the earthly places are the heavenly places. And in the heavenly places, there's every spiritual blessing that you need. So what you've got to do, number one, is discover where your spiritual blessings are. They're in the heavenly places. Number two, you need to realize that you ought to be seated amongst your spiritual blessings. Where? In the heavenly places. And Ephesians chapter 2 verse 6 says, Who raised us up together and made us sit with him in the heavenly places in Christ. How many of you are getting this? Are you getting this? That what, if you want great faith, you need to be lifted up out of the mundane. You need to be lifted up out of this earthly realm and get into a spiritual place that's called the heavenly places in Christ. And once you're seated there, point number three is this, that you'll start to see things from God's perspective. And that's what you need if you want great faith. You need a God perspective on everything. You need to view things the way that God views them, not the way that you view them or the way your friends view them or the way that the people around you view them because they view things from an earthly perspective. There's a beautiful story about this in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 17. 2 Kings 6:17. It's a story of Elisha. And uh, and Elisha, great prophet of God, he had a servant and it's a story about the Syrian army that were ready to demolish the, uh, the, the children of Israel. And so the, 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 the servant of Elisha gets up in the morning, he's washing his face, and he sees all the chariots of the Syrians. They're, they're under attack. And he's, he's panicking. He's trembling. They're going to kill us. We're all going to die. And Elisha is unperturbed. He's just unmoved. He's not panicking. He's not stressed. Don't you love that? Doesn't it annoy you when people that should be stressed aren't stressed? Huh? Does it annoy you that certain people... Surely you should be panicking by now. 
Surely you should be stressed by now. Can't you see the problems? Can't you see that we're under attack? You know what Elisha says? Lord, would you open his eyes that he can see what I'm already seeing? And, and, and the servant is saying, what are you talking about? I can see. I can see we're under attack. I can see that we're surrounded by the Syrian army and there's more of them than there's of us. And he says, no, you're not seeing what God sees. You're not seeing what I'm seeing because I'm seeing what God's seeing. And then he prays and he says, Lord, open his eyes that he might see. And all of a sudden, the servant's eyes get opened. And you know what he sees? He sees the mountain full of horses and chariots of fire all around. He sees the God perspective. And he's, I can imagine him going, I didn't imagine that. I didn't see that. That's the God perspective. And all of a sudden, faith rose up on the inside of him. Faith rose up on the inside of him. Some of you need to start shutting your physical eyes and start opening your spiritual eyes to your situation. Some of you need to stop confessing things in the natural and start confessing things in the heavenly places. That's where all your blessings are. Your blessings are not here. Your blessings are there. And you need to rise up above your situation. I love, I was talking to Yick this morning, just coming up the stairs, and he's getting this. He says, how are things going? And he said to me, I don't have problems. I have opportunities for growth. I wanted to do a dance on the stairs. I'm thinking, you're getting this. You're getting this. You're getting this. I don't have problems. I've got opportunities for growth. I'm not going to be swamped by this thing. I'm not going to look at the wind and the sea. You know, this is the amazing thing with Peter walking on water. You know, this is this is what this is what we don't get sometimes with Peter is that he actually got out of the boat. Hello. The rest of the disciples didn't get out of the boat. He got out of the boat. He actually walked on water. And what's the big lesson on this? While he kept his eyes on Jesus, how many of you know there was wind, there was waves, there was storm all around him, but he kept his eyes on Jesus. He, he, he saw himself with Christ in the heavenly places. And while he did that, he walked on the water. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, as soon as he started to look at his problems, the wind, the waves, the storm, as soon as he looked at that, bang, he started to sink. Isn't there an incredible lesson in that for us? Come on. What do you need to do today? Just, oh, if you're going to clap, give the Lord a great big hand of praise. What do you need to do today? Just say, Lord, help me shut my physical eyes. And help me open my spiritual eyes. Help me rise up into the heavenly places and put on the God glasses. Help me look at things through God's perspective. And you know what will happen? This is what's going to happen. All of a sudden, the things of this world will grow strangely dim. All of a sudden, 
The things that were putting pressure on you, stop putting pressure on you. Why is that? Because you see God. You see the God factor coming in. You begin to say, God's got this. I don't have to hold this. God's got the heavy end of this load. God's got this worked out. And see, when you put on your spiritual glasses, you just see things from an eternal perspective as well. Because too often, we're just confined to the temporary. We're confined to the now. We're confined to just how this is going to affect me now, not how this is going to affect me in the future. Because I can honestly say to you that so many of the problems of my past have actually been foundation stones to build the ministry that I'm founded on now. So many of the things that if I had an opportunity to run from, I would have run a million miles, but I couldn't run. And God used those things as stepping stones to get me to where I am today. And for you as well, can I just say to you, stop running away and take your ground and speak to your mountain and say, what are you to stand in front of me? Mountain, I've got God behind me. I've got God beside me. I've got God inside me and he's bigger than you. You need to stand up to that giant that's intimidating you, that bully Goliath, that's trying to bully you into submission, trying to bully you into fear and say, hey, Goliath, guess what? You're my stepping stone to greatness. You are, because your head's coming off, and based on your head coming off, I'm going to step into greatness. I'm actually going to use you as a stepping stone. Kaboom! And all of a sudden, Goliath comes down. He starts shaking when you say, hey, Goliath, have you seen who's backing me? Hey, Goliath, have a look at how big my God is. And then you just dance into that scene with confidence. That's great faith, friends. Right there is great faith. Stop living on the, on, on the baseline. Stop living on the baseline where you're just making it week to week. Start lifting yourself up into the heavenly places, seated with Christ in the heavenly places, and you will see miracles to the left of you, to the right of you, stepping stones. You're going to be stepping up into the goodness and grace of God. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.